Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today's a good day. It's beautiful weather, and it's just a time for your people to come together and just share our testimonies, our concerns, and ask for you to accept that praise that we give you today. And also to, as we abide in you, as the scriptures will teach us, we pray that when we ask for certain things, they will be done. That's your promise. Lord, we know that there's several here that are dealing with certain situations, and they have mentioned them. For those that need healing, we pray that you be the great physician to them. For those who are concerned and are upset emotionally, we pray, Lord, that you will be with them and that you will bring that mental healing that they need now. Be their comforter. And, Lord, as we come together, be our teacher. Let us know how you want us to live, what you want us to do, but most of all, may we know what we already know and that we're to love each other. We're to love all because you love us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, does, did everyone bring a Bible? Okay. And um, if you need one, we have some over here. We've got different translations. People in here use different translations. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I had a woman walked out one day because I was not using, I, I'm using today the New King James. And that's usually what I am used to. Depends on what generation you were born in. And uh, I was really born in the one where all the memory work I had was King James. And uh, very little difference between that and this. But I found out last night in studying that sometimes when we do not understand a certain part of Scripture... That's when it's good for us to just reach and, and see if we have another translation. Now, I have seen some translations that uh, I didn't care for, uh, but uh, that's up to us and how God leads us. And that, uh, as we've been speaking, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And so when we are seeking to know God's will for our life, then it's going to be made available for us in some way we will get it. Again, uh, John chapter 15. For you that have not been here with us, and you probably already know this, but we've been studying this uh, gospel for quite some time, but in these chapters, there's several chapters here. You that have red letter editions can look at where the red letters start. And this is the conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples because he's letting, him, letting them know for the first time that he's going to be leaving them. Um, that's never a good feeling when someone that you're close to and you have a relationship with and you are friends with, all of a sudden you find out that you're going to, they're going to be leaving. And, uh, but the person that's going to be leaving always has a lot to say. You know, you don't want to leave a certain place. You don't want to die and not say some of the things that are on your heart. 
when I had my um, liver, was it a liver? Okay, I keep saying kidney. But when I had my liver transplant several years ago, uh, I went and I made a will. Of course, I've made about five cents. You know, everything changes in your life. Your friends change, you know, uh, your family changes some. But anyway, I made a will, and I remember when the doctor said to me when my husband was very sick, he said, do you have your business in order? And I knew then what he was talking about. There's things that we do when we're leaving, and there's things also that we want to make sure that we can say to people. There's a lot of people that I've never told them I loved them. You know, I didn't grow up doing that. You know, a lot of people grow up and they go around and, uh, I mean, you know, Walter's family, my husband, I mean, they just hugged each other all the time. I don't know how they didn't get arrested for something illegal. I mean, they did, you know. And uh, there was five or eight of them. And um, I think it's five boys and three girls. But my family was the opposite. You know, we never went to our mother and said, we'd love you. And how you regret that when they're gone. I think it's that, a Virginian thing, Virginia. Huh? Her parents, mine, George, I mean, people from Virginia, they just didn't express love. Okay, well, I don't know whether it's a state thing or not, but I know for... Uh, so maybe what she's saying is that, well, we don't talk about states here, right? My husband used to talk about, this is the truth, Virginia all the time, and Tennessee was better, he'd say, because he was from Tennessee, and I was from Virginia. But, you know, I don't understand why when we got married and he was 50 and never been married, he had to wait to come to Virginia to get a wife. You know, so I don't, I don't know. But anyway, back to... Uh, wherever we were but there are things we want to say to people there's people that we want to ask to forgive us uh, there's uh, things that we need to be corrected if we know that we're leaving but what Jesus is doing here and that's the important thing that we're supposed to be talking about today he wants to let his disciples know that he is leaving, and yet the Holy Spirit will come. He has already mentioned that, to be their helper and the one to guide them. But they're going to be doing the same thing that he was doing. So he's trying to prepare them for that. The works that he had been doing the 33 years that he was in ministry, then he was there to um, tell them that they would be doing the same thing. And he was explaining to them. And the key thing that we're going to see here, we see all through uh, John's gospel. And we studied before that, you that have not been here before, we studied the epistles of John. And do you remember what he talked about the most in all the, the letters or the epistles that he wrote? He talked about love. And right here in these chapters, that's the key word all through it. So in other words, if he is wanting them, and it's in one of the scriptures we have today, to love each other while he's gone. Well, they need to be doing it now too. But in other words, while after he's gone and he's not there, 
to be the leader and to um, help them get along, then he wants to make sure they still love each other. That is the key to every group, movement, um, denomination, church, whatever, that comes together. We all have to love each other. And if we can't do that, then we're not going to be abiding in the, in, um, the Lord or in Jesus. Again, Jesus was trying to uh, show his disciples uh, why he came. Now he's trying to get that across to him. He's letting them know that, uh, and really he's trying to describe himself. They really did not know that much about him up till now. All but he had been using uh, the I am's, we call it, of this gospel to explain to people uh, who he was and what he was like. We've already had some of them. One was, I am the good shepherd. And the reason why he said he was the good shepherd, he uh, said that he would even lay down his life. Um, he's the, uh, the door of the sheep. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And today, and we're getting to the starting point, uh, verse 1, chapter 15, I am the true vine, Jesus said. Again, he's speaking to his disciples. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. Now, right now, in starting out by using this, that he's comparing himself to a true vine, uh, he's also saying that uh, the father or his father is the vine dresser. Some translations, it says gardener. Or, um, but anyway, he's letting him know that it's his father that takes care of him. And then he goes on and he will say how the branches are coming from the vine. It's, it's being passed on down, the love is. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know what I noticed about this? Uh, we're talking about three parts here. We're talking about uh, the gardener, or, uh, which is God. We're talking about Jesus, the vine of the, the plant. And then we're talking about the branches that are uh, us. Uh, the, it was the disciples when Jesus was talking to them, but we're his disciples now. But the thing that stood out to me, too, was in this verse, it said, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You know what causes a lot of trouble in some of the churches? We try to take them away, don't we? You know, if someone is not doing their work, we think in the church or what they need to be doing, we are very apt sometimes. Well, let me say it this way. I could be, no, I try not to be. And, and maybe I shouldn't say we because that's probably not y'all, but some people, how's that? Some people are the ones that want to prune the others. 
they want to judge them. And if they think that they're not doing their part, then um, they're judging them, wanting to put them out rather than God doing the work. Who's the judge anyway? God. God. Um, I have gone, you can probably tell it by the way I look, at a lot of church dinners. And uh, you would be surprised just how many people will judge how many bowls Sister So-and-So brought, you know? And I remember, you know, going to a certain church and we had one woman and it was always the same thing, you know, and we looked for it because that was it. But the other the church members were critical because they thought she wasn't bringing enough, you know, that she had five in her family, but yet she had to bow. We have no right to do those things. But is it our human nature sometimes? Yeah. And so those things we just have to ask God to help us with. Verse 3 said, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. This is what um, Jesus is saying to them, to his disciples. You're okay. Uh, you know what's right and what's wrong because I've already had conversation with you. And, uh, but, and then this is the part that stands out among all of it. Verse 4, he said, Abide in me. Have you ever heard that before? We hear it a lot. Uh, there's a song, uh, is it Abide With Me, yeah. right? Okay. Did you sing that before, Bill? Okay. Yeah. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, that's us, unless it abides in the vine, which is Jesus, Neither can you unless you abide in me. We can't do anything without him. And that is told in this next verse. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Um... There's one part that, before I get to that, that I wanted to bring out. Jesus, in comparing himself to being a vine, he said, I'm the true vine. I think it was last week that I made the comment about how hard the truth is today to distinguish between what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's not. Whether you're watching the news or... Uh, listen to your best friend tell you a story. It seems that we're always trying to make that decision and asking God to help us, and yet Jesus told his disciples that when the Holy Spirit came, he would lead and guide in all truth. So we sure need uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need that leadership because we can be led in all directions. And I notice sometimes with my cell phone, I pick up a lot of the weekend services. And, you know, one pastor or preacher will be preaching one thing, and then one will be something else, and totally contradicting each other. So you asked yourself, even though you like to hear both, you know, which one is telling me the truth? Well, we don't need to ask ourselves. 
we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. In other words, lead us and guide us in all truth. And Jesus said, I'm the true vine. That should make a big difference to us. He's the true vine. Uh, everything today is either true or false. Uh, it's real or it's fake. And I don't know if this compares or not, but I wrote down or it's good or it's bad. Probably could compare to the others. And our prayer should be that God um, guides us or that we be guided by the Holy Spirit in this life so that we might have truth revealed to us so we know what the right thing is to do and the right way to live. It's hard to know what is the truth and what is a lie. There used to be a program on TV that where you could pick out which one was lying. Is that still on there? I used to think I could tell, you know, if somebody was telling me the truth or not. But I never did get one right on that program, I don't think. So I wasn't as good as I thought it was, you know. In this verse that was so important, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You know um, what song I thought of? Now, I'm throwing it at you two since y'all are, are singers. Okay, no, you're singers. I'm a, sing I'm a singer. Okay. Without him, I can do nothing. That's a pretty easy one. And uh, because the verse says, without me, and this is Jesus speaking, you can do nothing. The song says, without him, I can do nothing. How many of you know that song? You've heard it. You won't be asked to sing it. <laughs> I went to church when I was a young girl. We had what we called the Christian Brotherhood Hour. Came, it was on the radio. Radio was big then. It was on the radio every Sunday morning. The preacher came in and said, How many of you heard the Christian Brotherhood Hour this morning? Oh, everybody just raised their hands. He said it wasn't on. That's one way of checking the truth, isn't it? So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you know the song without him, but it, I'm sure Dr. Uh, Smitty could have sung it, but it's without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, life would be hopeless. But with Jesus, thank God I'm saved. Is that the right words? The first three are, I know. Uh, another song is, I can't walk without you holding my hand. That the man, if I've got this right, the man that, well, that's, I can say that. See, God has to hold Terry's hand to hold my hand for us to walk around. <laughs> but um, one of the men in, um, that used to sing this, and I believe his last name was Green in a, a gospel singing group family. And uh, he sang it a lot. And then one day uh, he was on dialysis. And Terry, being a dialysis nurse, knows what that is. And he was on dialysis, and then he lost that fight. 
And, uh, but he would sing this song a lot, I Can't Even Walk Without You Holding My Hand. And my sister was on dialysis for eight years, and I knew what that was for her. And so that song always, when I would hear it again, I would think of, of Dodie. But we can't. We cannot do a single thing unless he helps us, no matter what we're going through. If we're going through waiting as Brenda has talked about to hear about this report or that report. If we know that God is with us, whatever the result of that report is, we can make it. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, Jesus said. Uh, some translations say, um, remain in me. Uh, it is also known as a, an active verb. It's something that you're actually doing. You are with the Lord all the time. He's abiding with you, in you says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Ooh, that's a good promise there. That if we abide in him. And also that, what did it say about the words? And my words abide in you. That's probably why we're here. See, we need to know the word of God. Because how can it be within us if we don't know it? I've said this before, but I think it's important. We talked a while ago about translations, but we are using so many different translations now that our children in Sunday schools and all are not memorizing like they used to. You know how we always had a memory verse? And that's why most of the time, if we quote a verse, it is one that we learned when we were young and we all learned it together. Then it can abide in us if we've memorized it. We've got it with us. Many times I've used the 23rd Psalm to get me through a CAT scan or something that I wasn't prepared particularly comfortable with by this my father is glorified do you remember a few weeks ago we asked uh, to define uh, glorify again one translation says honored God is honored when we bear fruit bear fruit means what that we are out doing what he's called us to do, and that's make disciples. That's bearing fruit. That's producing. And it also says that if we don't do that, it said the person that doesn't, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. All the fruit, all as the Father loved me, verse 9, I also have loved you, abide in my love. Now he's not going to, uh, John's not going to 
forget to say anything about love. It's going to be there. We can even stop sometimes and count how many times he uses it. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. In other words, we can be completely happy. We can think that everything in the world is going wrong and still, as Brenda said, be at peace. That's happiness, to be at peace. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. Again, I'm repeating that. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He's given himself the example. How many of us could say, um, I want you, Alice, to, uh, uh, to love Brenda the way I love someone. I don't know that we could really, um, Jesus is the per perfect example of love. How many of us could give our lives for someone else or our life for someone else? Love one another as I have loved you. 13, greater love has no one than to lay down one's life for his friend. Again, the perfect example. 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. In other words, you, we, the disciples had changed in how he looked at them. He was not looking at them as servants. He's looking to them as friends. He said, I've even told you everything now. That's what a, a good friend does. You're able to tell them without them telling everybody. I mark them off a friends list when they do. It's truth. If I say, that's right. If I say, but if I say, now I'll tell you something, but don't you tell anybody. No longer do I call you servants. Again, he's saying that he calls them friends now. And he goes on, he says, I've told you everything that, uh, about me and my father. He said, you did, I like this verse, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. That's a good promise there, too. Practically the same thing. What you desire, you're going to receive. And he said here, what you asked, believing. You know, when we read about James in here in the fifth chapter, it talks about the prayer of faith. Really, every prayer should be a prayer of faith because if we don't believe when we pray, there's nothing going to happen anyway. My name, it says, um, ask the Father in my name. And even that 
prayer of faith that's spoken about in James uh, says it's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. It's the Lord that raises them up. These things I command you that you love one another. Well, now he wanted to make sure they got the message because he told them more than once. If the world hates you, you know that he hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. A lot of people have been um, persecuted. Maybe not the way that the early church was or these disciples were. But today there are still people all over the world that are persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Even in the United States. I mean, there's people that we could just give our testimony to and they would come right back at us to tell us what they think. And that's why sometimes we hold off of doing it, you know, to share our faith with someone. I remember, seems like all my illustrations start out with, I remember. <laughs> and then I should say, thank you, Lord, that I remember anything, you know. But uh, I do remember that um, uh, things were... A lot different, not as different as they probably should be. Many years ago when I went into the ministry, um, when I went to Hawkins County, I was pretty well told by the district superintendent, you're going in. And he had been in, um, uh, and I live there now. I've chosen to stay there. <laughs> Couldn't be that bad, could it? But it was a difference because... Um, 90% of, I guess I come up with that figure, of the people still believe that women were not supposed to be in ministry. And I have a, uh, some people say purse or bag, I say pocketbook. But I've got a pocketbook and it's got pastor road on one side of it. It's one of those century, not century 21, that's real estate, but it's what, 21 bags that they sell or something. But anyway, when I would get on the elevator at the hospital to visit anybody, I'd always turn it over, you know, because I didn't want to start any conversations with anybody because it was really a difference then. Uh, was that real persecution? Not really. Not to me. Um, I was kicked out of weddings and off of funerals and different things, and those things hurt. But none of us have ever suffered like the disciples did. 
or like Jesus did. You know, that's really not, um, I don't see it as hatred. I don't see, I just um, pretty well a, a difference in opinion. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. In other words, when you start following Christ, or when we start following Christ, we are most of the time leaving the groups we're in. Even family members can oppose what we do. Or maybe that we're going to church or or that we've decided to go to another church or whatever. But Jesus said in 20, he said, If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But then in 21, he says, All these things they'll do for my name's sake. It's me that they're persecuting, even though it seems that you could receive some of it. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sins. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Okay, that verse 22 is going into entirely something else. See, when Jesus came, he exposed sin for what it was. Even if you go on over to chapter 16, verse 8, it says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. In other words, they did not know people. They didn't know right from wrong. But Jesus exposed those that were living against God's plan for them. That they were not loving each other and different things. So from then on, he had given them a definition for sin. Of course, they didn't like that. If all of a sudden something that you've been doing for a long time and having fun doing it and somebody lets you know that you can't do that or says you're going to hell if you do, I mean, you know, you're not going to like them. Well, they're not supposed to be judging anyway, right? But God judges us, and here he gives the word. He who hates me hates my father. Jesus was always comparing them to being one. He that hath seen me hath seen my Father. Uh, that was what was brought out last week. He goes on, he says, If I have not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my Father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper, again he's speaking of the Holy Spirit comes, whom I, have, I shall send to you from the Father, and then he refers to him as the Spirit of truth, who proceeded from the Father, he will testify of me. testify when he comes the Holy Spirit comes he is going to be going 
over again the same things that I've already gone over with you. We're going to see that he will be testifying of me what I've already done, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That's when they'd get in trouble, when they'd bear witness. I'm a very shy person, and believe it or not, most of the time I am quiet. Now, let the, let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you into all truth on that one. But I could remember uh, the Sunday that I was baptized, and I was 11 years old, and uh, we came back to church for church on that night, and I was just sitting there. I wasn't going to say anything, and the preacher's wife, she sort of uh, put her elbow in my side, and she said, you need to get up and tell what the Lord's done for you. Well, I didn't want to get up and say anything, but I did. But I found out then that any time we stand, if God is telling us to give a testimony or whatever, and remember, Pastor Will gave that invitation uh, last Saturday when he said, if you would like to share uh, your Christian experience or something with the church, be sure to to tell him or to talk to him about it. I don't think we'd have 40 minutes each, but, uh, you know, there's still got to be time for a sermon, but I'm, am I right on that, Will? Okay, good. So anyway, but um, sometimes it's that testimony that speaks to someone else and um, um, more than even the message that would go out because the people are finding out that what they have heard uh, does work. We need to testify these things. I want to just read this um, four verses here that's in chapter 16, because they really go with chapter 15. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. He's telling his disciples what's going to happen. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. In other words, he's saying right now they don't know any different. But these things I've told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. He's predicting here what he's already said would happen. There's going to be persecution. And Jimmy, right, I found him. We, uh, Tanya, do you feel like handing these out? This is um, something you can take home with you, put in your Bible or whatever. It says how the disciples or the apostles of the Bible died. You know, we talked about Peter and we've talked about different ones. But um, 
most of this, when you read it, it says that there's only two, I think, that we know about through the scriptures. But uh, uh, this information is coming from, um, it's passed down from some Christian traditions. It's consistent with how uh, these people, these disciples would be treated at this particular time. But um, when we look at it all, every one of them but the writer of the Gospel of John died a terrible death for his faith. Uh, it's, uh, some of them were dragged to death, hanged on olive trees, stoned, beheaded. The list just goes on and on, beat with clubs. And uh, it says... Um, I don't think it does on here. I read it somewhere else. But John, uh, if I'm wrong, one of you probably already know, we know that uh, he died after writing Revelation on the Isle of Patmos but and was probably 98 years old, or I mean really elderly, and he was the only one that... Uh, died what we would call a natural death but at one time if I'm saying this right he was thrown into oil and still got out and lived have you read that before okay and uh, so thank you so he got out and was like you say after barely missing it I don't think you'd miss it you'd feel it for a long time wouldn't you whether you died or not but um Still, with all the suffering and the persecution he went through, then he still uh, died, what they would say, a natural death. But this is pretty interesting, and some of the things that they tell you on there, um, it might be something that you want to just fold up and put in your Bible, because it may come up at another time. Okay, we have about ten minutes, so Pastor Will's going to get at least five of that. So for the next five minutes, if you um, are here and you want to add something to what's been said or something you want to share, uh, you're welcome to use the mic here because it will go on the podcast. That's a quiet group here. Okay. And I failed to mention, I don't know why, but... Um, Dr. Smitty was planning on being here, and uh, but uh, and he always sings for us, so we missed that today. But uh, he just sent a, a message right before I got here that he would not be able to come. So, thank you, Pastor Regina. Yeah, just uh, one or two things to remember. It's Wednesday, so we hope you'll tune in tonight at eight o'clock, Facebook Live and YouTube for the Will and Jimmy Show. And we do have our new T-shirts. If you have not received a Will and Jimmy Show T-shirt, then we'd like you to have one. If you've already gotten one, then we'd like you to keep it. Okay? <laughs> They're free. Yes, they are free. But we do want everybody to have one. And we're now averaging 5,000-plus people who view us every Wednesday night. So that's good. Okay? Uh, next Wednesday will be... Guess what? Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. 
And somebody said, you can't spell Valentine without spelling Lent. And that's the beginning of the Lent season, Lenten season. But uh, we will be having Bible study. Dr. Smitty will be teaching Wednesday. But we're going to take about the first 10 minutes or so at 1 o'clock for me to do the uh, imposition of ashes and just a short service of Ash Wednesday here for those of you who come. But we will be open from 9 until 3, excluding that hour for Bible study, if anybody wants to come in and have the ashes placed upon your forehead and a prayer, okay, to prepare us for the season of Lent. And how many of you know it's going to soon be Easter? Next month. Isn't that right? The end of March. So that's amazing. Okay, so I guess that's all. Is it okay if I go ahead and do a prayer? We want to remember um, Tanya's mother. She's very sick at this time within the hospice care, so we want to remember her. We have a gentleman who is, has been on life support now for uh, seven, eight, nine, nine or ten days, who is being, the family's being told that he's brain dead, and so that family's been connected with our church for a long time, so please remember them in prayer. And a lady, uh, many of you might know Rita Bear, little Rita, she's about this tall. But Rita stopped in late yesterday afternoon at the door and said that her sister Sylvia also has been on life support since the last Sunday, about 10 days, and wanted us to pray for that request. So we know there's a whole lot to pray about, and we just ask God to be with us, okay? Always pray for me, pray for Pastor Regina, pray for Jimmy. And for all the volunteers who daily make this place be what it is becoming and needs to be. And lastly, uh, join us for worship uh, Saturday morning at 1030. Music begins about 10 o'clock. And if you know anybody that tunes pianos, we have been calling people for weeks. A man promised us he would be here yesterday uh, to tune it. And we waited, Jimmy waited till five o'clock, and finally, when he called him, he said, oh, the man said, I guess I should have called to tell you I wasn't coming. But everybody we're calling either isn't calling back or doesn't respond at all. And we really need our piano tuned in the worst way. And we've tried for several weeks. So if you've got a suggestion on that, does anybody in here tune a piano? Or do you just tune a fish? His name is Charlie, yes. Music masters in the mall. Okay. Okay, we will call them. Thank you. All right. Um, yes. Zane's funeral is this evening, 14-year-old Zane. So please remember him and all the children, the people who were involved in that tragedy, certainly. Thank you. Terry. You're a parish nurse. You don't ever say too much. Would you come up here and give us a prayer today? Father God, we stand before you with the needs that you know. We're thankful for all that we've been blessed with. We're thankful for all the folks who have come in this morning and this afternoon who've received blessings from your precious gifts. Look after us. Keep us in safe arms. 
be with us always. For in Jesus' name, amen.